This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. And live once again from SEMA 2018 at the Magnaflow Podcasting Stage and Studio, it is the Hooniverse Podcast. And this morning, we've got Todd Westberg from Height Suspension. Hello. Thanks, Chris. How are you, man? It's been Good. about a year. It has been. Okay. Keeping busy. What have you come out with in the last year that uh, you, were not, uh, you were not divulging to me last? So uh, if you head over to our booth, we've got our 4th Gen Independent Rear Suspension. Okay. Uh, as well as... And that's 4th uh, Gen... 4th Gen Camaro. Okay. Um, Actually, a similar version. We have a third and fourth gen, uh, just two different track widths. Yeah. Um, but the, a lot of the structure is all the same. So Yeah, the F-bodies didn't change a lot in the third and fourth gen, right, from a structural standpoint? Correct. The rear ends didn't. The front ends yeah. are a little different, but out back in the rear end, we've got a third Oh, yeah, gen. the hatch is way different on the front. I had yeah. a fourth gen. All right. So, yeah, I had a 99 Camaro that was, um, yeah, it was interesting. I'll put yeah. it that way. Yep, so uh, we spent... Uh, Part of last year, um, developing the, the rear end for that, the independent rear suspension. If you could do me a favor, just get a little closer to the mic. Sure. So independent rear suspension as well as the tubular uh, front cross member, control arm options, adjustable control arms, and a coilover for the, for the front as well, and okay. sway bars. So, so yeah, that's a significant overhaul. It is. The whole car front to back, uh, we've got it covered. Now, are you guys actually changing the K-member up front as well? or Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. that's every everything, everything. Okay. Correct. What do you so you guys go and you have all your parts that are on there? What do you do about like the lasagna noodle that is the rest of that chassis? Well, so we have some subframe connectors to kind of help stiffen that up as well. Okay. Uh, the, the Heights car we have a '99 Camaro uh, T-tops, so you know, unlike the non-T-top version, it's a little looser. So subframe connectors it certainly help stiffen that chassis up. Yeah, I remember that because I, I luckily had a solid roof on mine. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just remember driving around in my buddy's WS6, and it was just like, okay, well, this is an interesting fact. Almost like driving an old Cobra in that regard, and then it's just like, <laughs> well, it's maintaining traction, but that's mostly through the rest of the chassis bending. Right. So it was uh, – but the nice thing is, is those cars are really, you know, pretty light by today's standards. I mean, what is your what is your uh, car coming at with all of your parts on it? Um, I think it's right around 3,200. Yeah, that's – I mean – and you're lucky if you can get a, I mean, and granted, mind you, the, the sixth gen is, is a nice little 10, 15% weight reduction on the fifth gen, but it's still at least 36, 3,700 pounds. Right. But, and of course, very similar motor architecture, mm-hmm. so you're going to win. Right. Yeah. So one fun thing we did uh, last year uh, with that car, when we bought it, it was a bone stock 99 Camaro, had about 90,000 miles on it, LS1 mm-hmm. engine, six-speed transmission, um, about 325 horsepower from GM. So we took that out to Blackhawk Farms, a little racetrack uh, northwest of where Heights is in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. and had a friend of mine who raced in the Trans Am Series. Uh, he came out and put some hot laps on the car. Uh, I put some laps on the car as well, and I'm not a professional right. racer by any means. Uh, I, neither am I, but so, I call myself competently mid-pack. Right. So, you know, for an amateur entry-level person, you know, it was about 95 seconds in, uh, lap time on about a two-mile track. So then over a period of about seven months, we, you know, took off several components at a time. We have a torque arm for those as well. If you don't want to upgrade to the IRS, we do have a torque arm for the fourth gen. So we put that on, rear coil conversion kit, went back out, made some more lap times, mm-hmm. did some improvements on the front, went back out, made some more lap times. And then over last winter, we put the IRS in, 
and between stock and the IRS with a full front suspension, I took 10 seconds off. So that oh, was shit. 95 seconds down to 85 seconds. Yeah, so, that's, that's significant. I mean, so and how involved is it in actually getting your rear end, uh, the IRS conversion on the F-bodies? So the F-bodies, uh, the later gens, uh, it is a more of a weld-in kit than a bolt-in. You know, one of the things that's really unique about Heights is rear end kits, the IRSs, and in, in the first and second gen Camaros, mm-hmm. it's a completely bolt-in kit. Uh, we have a kit similar to that for the Tri-5 Chevys in our booth. We've got a frame over there that has our bolt-in independent rear suspension for the Tri-5s. And as you can see Yeah, because that, you guys were really showing that one off last year. And we, I think we talked about that quite a bit, right? Yeah. Two years ago, we had a, a convertible 55 in our booth. Yeah. And a beautiful car, uh, LS motors, six-speed transmission. Had our full frame on there. Um, but it's a little harder to see with the body on there. So, yeah. Nice thing with the with the frame in our booth this year is you can really see how that independent rear suspension bolts right into the frame. You know, it's not a welded kit. You can weld it in if you want when you're done. But well, obviously, that's always preferred if you can. Sure. You know, an average an average individual with you know decent mechanical ability can put this in in their in their garage themselves. So on that on that fourth gen kit, I mean, what kind of capability could it, if you were if you had like a good MIG at home and everything, and mm-hmm. you were a decent you know, a, a decent welder, and you you know maybe not may not be a fabricator. Is that something you could tackle by yourself, or do you really want to take that to specifically a chassis shop to to set that up for you? No, you can do it yourself. Um, you know, at Heights, we've put several in at our facility just for test vehicles and mm-hmm. uh, local customers, and it takes us about twenty hours to get it in. So you know, an average guy, maybe I don't know if I tackle it with myself or with a friend. Right, <laughs> bring your buddies in, get them a case of beer, and. Uh, do it over the course of a few weekends. Sure, absolutely. So yeah. it can be done uh, at home. Um, so what is the actual? So what's the weight differential between your uh, IRS versus the stock uh, axle on the uh, F bodies? So it is a little lighter, probably about a hundred pounds. Okay. Um, so uh, certainly the performance advantage, though, with the independent rear suspension over the stock uh, is is noticeable. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest gripe that you can have with those cars because otherwise, I mean, even even when those were new, they were really quite, you know, they were really quite competent in terms of handling for the era. Sure. I mean today, but today it's you know shaky, which is why you guys exist with this product. Sure. Um, but uh, in that era, I mean, they were pretty dominant in terms of like uh, amateur amateur events. Um, so what what did they get right and what did they get wrong on the suspension of that thing stock? Well, so certainly the the independent rear, you know, as you're going around corners, uh, you're just going to get better traction. Right. You know, when you've got, particularly on a road course, depending on how close to the, the inner part of the course you're going to hit, bumps, one tire moving up, down. Uh, that's one thing we saw is just watching our in, uh, entry and exit speeds between the stock solid axle versus the IRS. We gained, yeah. you know. Well, I, I mean, I remember that car. It tends to, it tends to skip a bit. Sure. Yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit of the hopping every once in a while. If you're pushing it real hard laterally, um, how was the front suspension, like the geometry and everything on that? How is that out of the factory? Is it okay, or is it? Uh, it's okay. I mean, there's limits on what you can get for camber and yeah. some of the caster alignment adjustments. So, like our arms are adjustable. We've got rod ends on the end of that, so you can actually get some some better adjustment out right. of the uh, the front end. And then also, if you're lowering the car, so that's we drop the front end about two inches. So with our cross member. Uh, it just all works together to improve that geometry when you're in that lowered stance. Now, an interesting little thing that I've been noticing lately is that um, the drift market has really started embracing, like, the C5 Vets now because angle kits have started coming out for the steering knuckles and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, has Have you guys received any of that on the F-Body side of things, any any interest in that? Because 
I'm starting to see a little bit of that happening now, too, especially with, for some reason, reason Trans Am specifically, but, of course, it'll be the same as far as people picking up with the Camaros, too. Is that something that maybe you guys have looked into or might consider doing? Sorry. So we haven't done a lot in that market specific, um, yep. but certainly the, the capabilities of the, of the suspension are, would probably align very well with that. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it's just a matter of getting more steering angle out of the front end of that car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I mean, really tire clearance is going to become a bit of an issue, but drifters don't give a shit. They pull all the wheel liners out right. anyway, put a bash bar on the front, and be kind of fun because those things are damn cheap, too. Right. You know. And, you know, we've got 315s all the way around on our 99. Oh, you've got so. a square setup on it? Absolutely. So the car really, you know, and that's kind of what we demonstrated last year is, you know, the car comes with 325 horsepower. I mean, if you think back 15, 20 years ago, that was a decent motor, right? Yeah. Now that's a starting point. So that's a, that's... kind of our point is if you have one of those fourth gens with an LS, you know, 325 horse, and you've got, you know, ten or $15,000 in your pocket, what, where should you spend that? You know, well, you could spend it on a new motor. Yeah. You know, now you've got five or six or 700 horsepower. Um, the problem is how are you going to get that to the ground? Well, and that's so, the thing that uh, we're always advocating for, especially, and it's funny because you guys are out of Illinois, right? Correct. So we're always advocating for that in California because it's just like the best driving that you can have is the canyons out in California, and there's really not much that you can do with more than four or 500 horsepower because next thing you know, you're going to hit another bend, and it's just you can't pull that hard. It's like right. my vet's 420 wheel, and it's that's all the motor you need for that. Sure. I mean, yes, I've driven faster things out there, but... You just can't utilize it. It's all about the chassis. It's just like, I've got that, and I've got my little Fiesta ST, which is fantastic for that, because that car, you can just, you can 100% throttle on it, not get yourself in too much trouble, sure. and then it'll change directions really fast. So it's, it's interesting that guys that are developing stuff out of the Midwest are so focused on handling and not pushing the power numbers, because it's usually the other way around. Right. Um, because there's such a huge drag racing scene out there between that and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, uh, so how old of a company is Heights at this point? Uh, 35 years, Wow, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and kind of our roots going back into the beginning of Heights was more the hot rod, straight rod market. Right. Um, and again, but the, the with that is taking a 32 Ford, you know, with a straight axle that doesn't handle necessarily very well. We're going to drive it from Chicago to California. It's going to be a long road. <laughs> yeah. So really Heights' beginnings were in making cars handle better. So taking that 32 Ford, putting a, a Mustang 2 or a Super Ride on that, making it so you can drive it, you know, coast to coast, you know, set the cruise and, and go. And we've just carried that from, you know, the early straight rods, hot rods into the late Mustang or the 65 to 70 Mustangs, um, the first and second gen Camaros into the third and fourth gen Camaros. So, Yeah, the uh, you just said Mustang 2, and it's just like, oh, I remember when that was the big thing for everybody to swap in. And now everybody uses C4 or C5 parts on the front end of their cars. Sure. Really more C5 parts these days because even the C4 stuff has kind of fallen out of vogue. Mm-hmm. But um, so, okay, so you've got the F-body stuff. Is that kind of your main seller these days? Is that your bigger bigger seller at the shop? or? Um, um, you know, it's, amazingly enough, I mean, our street ride market, we still have a, a great presence with that. We've got some great products. Uh, earlier this year, we just added the chassis engineering brand. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a decent sh- shop in uh, just west of Iowa City, so not too far from Heights. Uh, we've got a lot of weld-in kits, uh, and Chassis, on the other hand, has some bolt-in kits. So they've got a really neat bolt-on Mustang 2 front end uh, that has an adjustable spring pocket, 
So trying to make it more easy for uh, enthusiasts to install these at home themselves in mm-hmm. their garage instead of necessarily having to go to a builder. Well, I mean, that opens up your market a lot because you can go and put that in, you know, whether whatever catalog or even throwing mm-hmm. it on Amazon or something. And, sure. You know. So, so that's been great. Uh, Chassis Engineering had some rear leaf spring kits that Heights had not had historically. So we've got a lot of four-link kits and coilover kits for the rear of a lot of vehicles, early Chevys and Fords, but didn't have a leaf spring option. So, so would it be safe to say that um, these guys kind of filled a, a little bit of a one maybe notch lower than you guys are doing in the market? And so the, through this acquisition, you've got a much wider spectrum of products? It is. So the quality was, you know, it met our quality standards. You know, Chassis Engineering designed an excellent product. Uh, built an excellent product, and we're happy to carry on that legacy of that product. So it really filled a market niche where we had a lot of weld-in kits, and they had that bolt-in option. So right. now for a lot of the same vehicles, we have a weld-in or a bolt-in option, you know, both a, a quality front-end that's going to make your street rod, hot rod handle, you know, a lot a lot different than it did oh, yeah. in 32. Yeah. Uh, well, there's nothing but improvements to be made on that right. point. Those things were borderline Flintstone cars. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so where do you see is kind of the next big product segment that you think you guys are going to tackle? Is it a specific uh, specific chassis, or are you going to start looking at maybe doing, you know, a line of sway bars for a bunch of different stuff, or what? what's the next big plan? So we've kind of taken a, a strategic look at the chassis makes and models that, that chassis engineering offered product for in the Heights, you know, year make and model, and we've got some holes in there. So even though we've got you know, suspensions that go all the way back into the late 20s and early 30s. Um, you get into the 60s and 50s, there's some, some vehicles that we don't have product for. So we're keeping an eye on that. You know, just want to make sure we've got, you know, everything covered from, you know, the early Chevy cars and trucks from the, you know, mid-30s up until, you know, 50s and 60s. So we see, see some opportunities there. Um, certainly take a look around the show floor. You get a lot of this, the C10 and the F100s. It's been a great product for us. We have a, a heavy-duty four-link that we did for that. It's a bolt-in kit. Right. And then we have a bolt-in heavy-duty super ride. Um, so if you really want to take your C10 or F100 and, you know, make that an autocross truck or, you know, real pro-touring kind of truck, we've got a great product for that. But we still see some opportunities there for some new products that we've got some new ideas going. So keep your eye out for some new truck stuff from us uh, coming up next year. Yeah, trucks seem to be – it's funny. Everything seems to go in a cycle here at SEMA. And, you know, it was, first we had the, it was the FRSs and the PSs and the Focuses. Yep. And then, you know, and then came back in, the Mustang, the Camaros got their refreshes. Sure. And now it seems to be back in a cycle where all of the, all of the, you know, the Jeeps and the trucks are really hitting it hard this year. Mm-hmm. It's it's just bizarre how that cycle goes over and over. Sure. And, and even the manufacturers are cutting out, like Ford cut all their passenger cars except for the, for the Mustang. <laughs> right. And it's just like. We never <laughs> seem to learn this lesson. Everybody's like, okay, give me the biggest truck you can. Oh, shit, I can't afford it. Right. And then we go right back to that whole cycle over again. So, yeah, it, it, as a manufacturer, uh, we keep an eye on those trends, and, and we see those trends coming and going. Um, at Heights, you know, we've got a lot of those vehicles covered. So, um, But still, you know, some small holes and different product options, and we see some ways where we can differentiate ourselves. So. So in the kind of newer stuff, other than the F-bodies, which it's, it's funny because that's even 20 years old at this point. Right. Um, you know, because that chassis came out in 93, so it's 25 years old, really. Right. Um, what, uh, you know, what do you think um, is likely to be tackled next? What do you see as kind of the next big market segment that you personally, maybe not even the company would see, but you, you have interest in uh, maybe looking into? 
So I go back to the trucks. Yeah. Uh, I've got a 15 specifically year old. specifically newer trucks or older trucks. Uh, probably no, the '60s and '70s. Okay. Uh, still the the C10s. Uh, the oh, they body. were just great looking trucks back then. Right. Absolutely. So I don't see that going away anytime soon. Um, I still see interest in those vehicles building. Talking to a lot of builders that have got stuff in the works for next year, and uh, that still is uh, a vehicle platform that we'll probably see around for quite a few more years. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting at this point for. I feel like we're going to hit a pop soon of. Um, Rangers and S10s getting used for a lot of stuff because they're so cheap now and they're so plentiful. Sure. And I think there is a bit of a market hole for smaller trucks because even the smallest stuff now, like the Colorado or the new Ranger, are as large as the full-size trucks were 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of thinking that we may see a little bit of a trend back towards some of that smaller stuff or even you know, bringing in some of the, um, you know, the, the Nissans and the, and the Toyotas too. Sure. Um, would you guys ever, do you guys make any stuff for, for that kind of range right now? We don't. We don't. No, we're mostly domestic. Yeah. Uh, or, or the, Even like the, the Ranger and the S10 stuff? Or? No. no. Nothing yet? No, just the full size. So you got to get ahead of the curve on this one because I think, I'm going to call it right now. You might be on something, Chris. I think that's going to hit in the next couple, couple of years. Hey, I called the Porsche one <laughs> because the Porsche market went up and up and up. Right. Not that I think the S10 or the Ranger market is going to go up sure. and up. Sure. Because uh, that's never going to happen. But, uh, it's really cool for building little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, SEMA, done this a million years in a row. How many years have you done it now? Uh, boy, I think this is probably my 20th year. So, yeah. 98, 97, I think. I, I think this is my, it's either my ninth or 10th year. I'm not sure mm-hmm. on that one. Um, how, has the show, show cha- how has the show changed for you over the period of that time? So, I was just talking with a guy backstage, and uh, he asked me the same question. And it's been interesting to watch... Uh, some things change and other things not change. Um, you know, it still is the place to be, right? If you're in the automotive aftermarket, cars, trucks, I don't care. Um, you've got to be out here. Everybody's here. The media is here. Um, uh, this is where connections are made, projects are started. So it, it really is the place to be. Um, and you've seen companies go just at the new products awards on Tuesday. It was interesting to see, you know, first-time exhibitors winning some new product awards. So people think, well, geez, how many more parts could you build for a 69 Camaro and well come to SEMA because there'll there'll be more yeah there uh, will so. be well, it, it, and it's almost a little disappointing I mean yes it's it's cool and all but it's almost a little disappointing it's just like we're rehashing the same thing on a lot of these things a lot um, you know I love old Camaros and I love old mm-hmm. Mustangs and I love old Mopar stuff but it's just like come on we've had a few generations since then which is why I appreciate what you guys are doing with the F-Body stuff right um, now have you guys actually looked at servicing any of the uh, Mustang market um, you know, the SN95s and that kind of world, because it'd be a very similar situation to where those all had kind of shitty live axle setups now, and they, they those could help a lot, too. Sure. Um, we've talked about it, um, you know, because we do have some stuff for the early Mustangs, but beyond 70, uh, we, we don't. Yeah. Uh, so certainly that's a, a good market. There's a lot of good companies out there making stuff for that, so it's just not something that we've chosen to hit right now. Um, one thing that's been interesting, we do get a lot of requests for people on the IRS, you know, whether it's a third-gen even fourth gens, well, why should I do that? Why should I take out my solid axle? What am I going to gain is what's the performance difference? And one thing that's been nice, I think, you know, with the newer Mustangs and the newer Camaros, with the independent, independent rear suspensions, even the Hellcats, um, the Chargers, uh, it's really validated the, <laughs> the IRS is the way to go. Less of a sale you have to make. For, right, yeah. right. So it's really building our case for us, you know. I mean, obviously the Corvettes have had an independent rear suspension for 40, 50 years, yeah. but... Um, you know, at least the newer ones. And even the Mustangs did it, you know, like we had the Cobras, you know. Yep. 
But and it's interesting because there are a lot of people that like to take that uh, rear end and, and make that back to like box bodies and things like Correct. that. Yep. Um, but that those parts are getting that that's becoming a shortage. Hard to find. Yeah, so there may be a serious market for you there because there's a lot of love going on for the Fox bodies these days, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of years of cars to cover. Absolutely. So For sure. Um, yeah, because uh, uh, Matt that I used to do Smoke a Tire with just sold his Fox body off uh, mm-hmm. in a whole charity thing, and um, that car was immaculately done, but it cost a small fortune to scrape everything together sure. because it was just there are not that many of those parts kicking around at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I remember one of them being the... Uh, the steering, the, uh, the steering rack and everything in that. It was just like it was only one specific year that did it, and they only built it for like six months, and it was it was a whole thing. Hard to find. Yeah. Do you guys ever get into any, um, you know, uh, steering racks or anything like that? or um, A little bit. Like So a lot of our kits, um, not, is it, not only is it the suspension with the, the better handling, the control arms, adjustable coilovers, but also the rack and pinion. So, you know, when you're putting a Heights Mustang 2 on or a Heights Super Ride or even our Pro Gs, you're now upgrading from the steering box to a rack and pinion. Okay. So we do have uh, some steering kits to help adapt, you know, that must or that power or manual rack and pinion to the stock steering. Um, okay. So if you were if you were um, your guy that's just buying an F body now, and you wanted to do the IRS upgrade, what would be kind of your shopping list and your and your suggestions if like you're starting this project from scratch tomorrow? So the, and so the nice thing is with our kits, you know, unlike a full frame or something like that, where you've got to spend a lot up front, you can do the front or the rear end separate from each other. So you can start in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year, so two years ago, actually in 2015, we came up with a third gen IRS, and uh, between the third and the fourth gen, we kind of changed how the kit pricing went, and we actually took the third member out to just to try and make that package more affordable right. for the guy starting out. So now he's not having to spend money on a third member that sits in his garage for six months while he's working on the car. So I tried to get the kit down to where it's just the basic parts that he needs to get the kit in, get the car modified, get the kit welded in. Then he can come back and add the third member, oh, add the brakes. So it is modular, so you can actually pick it up after the fact if you outgrow, the, if you outgrow that. Well, so the starting point of the kit, kind of, we tried to get the price down so that, you know, it's kind of an entry-level price so someone can get started and then, finished off the rest of the parts as the car gets closer to being and done. And what is the pricing on those right now? So Roundabouts. The, so the, the, we offer a 400-horsepower CV shaft option and then the 800-horsepower. Uh, the 800-horsepower is like at $79.99, and that does include the third member. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 400-horsepower uh, is about $1,000 less than that. Okay. So buy yourself a three or $4,000 running chassis, redo the motor, and then put a nice suspension on it. And you can probably still get out of you probably get a really nice driving uh, track car or even daily out of it for under 20K. Absolutely. Yeah. And so this year, we, or actually last year, we got together with Mark Gullivan. Uh, he, he has a fourth gen uh, Black Betty that he was mm-hmm. racing in the Optima series. And uh, what was interesting is he, uh, we were at the Motor State Challenge and he was out in the Heights 99 Camaro and he ran two seconds faster in the 99 Camaro and our Camaro with the independent rear suspension on our front on that than he did the year prior in his car with an extra 150 or so horsepower that he had had in his car. So he actually went faster with less horsepower. Uh, Once again, coming back to that point of sometimes all the right. power in the world doesn't do anything if you can't turn. Right. And, you know, Mark, he's been out at some events this year, and he's hanging right up there with the 2018, you know, one LE cars and, you know, some Corvettes. And, again, this is a car that he's put together for, you know, less than fifty or $60,000. Yeah, and weight advantage is, is a big difference. Right. 
Um, that and it's nice that all the other parts for the F bodies are dirt cheap. Um, okay, uh, so uh, if everybody wants to go and find out about height suspension, where uh, what's the website? What's the Instagram? What's the Twitter? All it's all that fun stuff. It's all on our website, uh, okay. heights.com. H-E-I-D-T-S.com. Okay, and then uh, what what are you going to go and try and look at today? Uh, so uh, well, we've got some other meetings this afternoon in our booth, um, and. Uh, just head out there today and see what's see what's around, on the see floor. what's looking yeah. on the floor. All right. Well, I really appreciate you coming out. Yeah, and thanks, uh, this is one more episode of the Hooniverse wrapped up for Sia. Uh, we've got about 900 more of these to do in the next few days. Uh, <laughs> and beyond that, uh, it's always a pleasure coming back and visiting with the people that saw us last year and seeing the kind of product development that's gone on and how your companies have grown. Thanks again. I really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you, Chris. All right, nice cool. talking with you. Thanks.